0: Hello and welcome to another Geek Town podcast. Today I'm talking to Luke Massey about his new movie, The Captive, which was also known as Armistice um, in the US. It stars Joseph Morgan, who you'll probably know and recognise from The Vampire Diaries and The Originals, uh, and Matt Ryan, who you may not know at the moment, but he's about to take the lead in as Constantine in the new TV show Constantine, which hopefully we'll be getting in the UK soon. The film is available now, and there's a link on the website if you want to go and buy it. We recorded the interview on Saturday night, um, and we were due to start at half seven, uh, and I got a message from him saying, can we do it a bit earlier? Um, you'll see the reason why when we uh, start the conversation. So uh, here's the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Hi Luke, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm, I'm kind of glad Good. we're doing this slightly early, because it means I can catch Doctor Who. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the same the
1: same
0: thing I had. I had. <laughs> I did wonder. <laughs> yeah,
1: I did. I forgot. Um, I forgot uh, Doctor Who was on and today and this morning I was looking at Twitter and it was uh, trending and I was like, oh yeah, and I love um, Peter Capaldi. He's like my favourite. Um, he's one of my favourite actors. So I
0: can't <laughs> yeah, no, I am really looking forward to it. It uh, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, how he does. On his first outing
1: Yeah I think he'll do well I think he'll do really well Like I said I mean I um, The Thick of It's one of my favourite TV shows and, Yeah uh, Yeah which is really good And a friend of mine who's actually the monster In um, Armistice He did uh, uh, The uh, Lady Killers with Peter um, for, for a year They did the play together
0: Okay cool now, and so I saw a lot of that. Uh, uh, that's uh, what's the guy's name? It's um, uh,
1: Oh, William Trouton and his granddad was Doctor Who. Yeah, Hill, I was so.
0: going to ask was was that the grandson of uh, Patrick Trouton? I kind of thought it might be.
1: Yeah, they're <laughs> a fascinating family actually because his dad's a really good actor as well, and he's very successful. Yes, brother is doing. His brother's really a big theatre actor. Okay. Um, who's doing, um, he's doing King Lear at the moment, which is directed by Sam Mendes, yeah. and uh, he did Romeo and Jude down here, and his other brother just retired from being the captain of Warwickshire Cricket Team, so the whole family is very successful. <laughs> well,
0: that's that's, uh, that's some, uh, I mean, you know, fairly big shoes to fill, either whichever direction you go in with that family, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so
1: yeah, they're a great family as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. Cool. That's very cool. Well, it's um, anyway. It's it's very nice to talk to you. Uh, where are you today?
1: I'm just um, in my office in Stratford, um, uh, Stratford upon Avon, famous for Shakespeare and <laughs> yes. stuff. Um, yeah, just finished doing. Um, actually, I've had a pretty relaxing day, um, which is unusual. And normally, I'm working because um, <laughs> we're just about to start shooting. I'm just about to start directing my first. Um, Feature documentary of the BBC Oh cool um, So I've spent the last couple of months doing crap for that But today I have done um, Not a lot apart from Watch Football and then tonight Is Doctor Who <laughs> And um, I'm uh, a couple of the guys Who I work with we do film and food nights So you <laughs> cook, cook um, food Which is like the same as the film <laughs> um, So we're doing Muscles and Fritz I'm <laughs> watching In Bruges tonight
0: so. <laughs> yeah, Great idea yeah, very geeky. Good yeah. yeah, no, well, I approve of very geeky. <laughs> so um, do you want to give us uh, a bit of um, information about the uh, the movie? Um, just sort of tell me how, because I watched it earlier today, actually. Um, it's really good. It's very dark and, and sort of kind of tense, intense movie. <laughs> Um, but um, for, for people that haven't seen it yet, do you want to just explain a bit about the film?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of, um, it's. I, I suppose the loose plot is is a, a, a man who wakes up in a, a house, or a soldier who wakes up in a house who doesn't know um, who he is or where he is, and very soon he's attacked by um, an unworldly creature, and he soon discovers that the house he's in uh, he can't change. So every morning when he wakes up in this house, he's trapped there for about three years to film takes place over. That uh, everything he does, like smash a window, smash a chair, um, he can't escape the house. And anything he does to affect the house, it will just reset in the morning. So really? it's kind of like uh, I suppose the guy who um, Ben, who wrote the film with me, and it was his idea. Ben Reed, who's a who's a comic book writer here on graphic novels. Yeah, his um his premise was it's Groundhog Day meets Gladiator. <laughs> and I and, and my kind of um adding to that was well if we can make it a bit better, like Castaway as well, yeah then that would be perfect. So that was our thing. Those are the three films it's kind of because when you go to meetings where you pitch films to people, they always say, What's it what's the two films it's crossed between, you know. Everyone's secretly hoping you're going to say it's the mummy crossed with Jurassic Park, <laughs> and then um, say so it's kind of gladiator crossed with uh, um, Groundhog
0: Day, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I certainly Groundhog Day was certainly the thing that sprang to mind with me because I mean, a very dark, dark, twisted version of Groundhog Day, but it, yes. that was the thing that came to mind to me, um, particularly when they, they were showing the sequences of, um, of the uh, uh, not Joseph's character, Matt's character, sort of trying to kill himself, various you know different ways
1: yeah yeah so um, that's where we kind of the only thing I have uh, regrets about I suppose is that maybe we could have gone darker um, but I think uh, there's it's kind of like uh, the thin line between I love Doctor Who, like with I love yeah. Doctor Who. So you kind of want to get an audience that's kind of around 15 upwards. Yeah. Um, but then occasionally I watch something like Old Boy, and then you kind of think, oh, maybe we could have <laughs> got Old more. Boy Dark. Yeah. But uh, then uh, I think you have to pick your battles. But luckily, it seems we, were, we weren't kind of in, in the middle between Old Boy and Doctor Who, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Have you always been a fan of, of those sort of darker movies and horror and that side of things?
1: Yeah, I used to be uh, um, a lot more um, than I am now. I've got really squeamish as I've gotten older, and, the, and a lot <laughs> of people I talk to, it seems to be that's kind of quite common. I think you're kind of... Um, as a kid, like, you want to um, eat, like, the hottest curry or you want to kind of get sour sweets and, you know, it's like a competition. Yeah. You want to watch the the, the darkest, most disgusting film. Yeah. Kind of, in, uh, and that that's your benchmark. Yeah. Um, and as I get older, I kind of don't really enjoy that as much. But, I mean... Evil Dead will always go down. That'll always be in my top five. Oh, yeah, that's a great film. You know, yeah, I'd love, I mean, t- the story of how it's made and the shots in it, and it's just um, amazing direction. And, but then as I get older, you're kind of like, my influences as more Don't Look Now or The Wicker Man, where I kind of like creepy instead of... yeah. Dark. and I can understand how people of a certain age look back at the original Doctor Who's, you know, um the Patrick Trout and Doctor Who's and stuff, and kind of just found them, you know, horrifying. Yeah. While the kids nowadays probably don't find Doctor Who horrifying at all. Um, yeah, in kids back then it was a bit more. You know, it's just a different time, and I kind of I I, I respect like The Wicker Man. I respect that's a that's a horrifying film. Yeah. And I think something like of, um. I saw those films, even though the original source you know, a very good film. But those um, torture porn films aren't really horrifying; they're just a bit kind of, yeah, um, obscene. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. They they, they go for the gore over the um, over the sort of psychological terror. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and I, yeah, I know what you mean with that. Um, so, do you, do you know where the original idea kind of? It came from because uh, he was your writing, writing partner, like you say, that kind of came up with it. Do you know where, what his influence for kind of finding that story was?
1: I don't know the influence. I mean, I know that originally um, he's he was writing as a comic. There was uh, at one point uh, he was going to write it for there's going to be like a new 2000 AD, Um there's going to basically right. be a new comic that was going to have like um, four. Um, uh, different stories running through it, and he came up with this idea. And it was originally going to be um, a man trapped in a house who wasn't a soldier, just a man. And it was um, for our children, right? Um, and so obviously you can't, you know, it's quite a big budget then to get kids involved. So we <laughs> kind of thought, right, we'll make it a soldier. That's interesting, and then we'll make a uh, monsters, you know, um, and then we kind of th- together kind of thought, well. To Bulk out to a film, you need to bring in another character. So, okay, we'll bring in a World War One soldier, and then we'll kind of the house is like a time machine, then you know. So, there's a history to it that that, that, that these um each war, each each war that happens or or confrontation, there'll be um a, a person from it will go into this house. So, the film's set in 1984 and it's um. Northern Ireland, um, and the person he has a friendship with from the past through um his diaries is the World War One. Um but there's kind of um some of the scenes which were deleted was that there was a knight in it, um, there right. was um, a Viking in it. Um there was five other there wasn't just Edward, there was five other characters um that were Got different you. things, but we just didn't have enough time to really do it. So uh, um but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a history, the house is a history, you know. Yeah. It was originally titled Warhouse because it was a house of war, um, um, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of his main kind of idea. And then we just adapted it over a year.
0: Yeah. So how did um, Joseph Morgan and Matt Ryan get involved? Well, um I, was, I knew Matt anyway because he
1: was at the RSC and we'd worked together on some film projects, um, some short films. Right. Because um, uh, I lived here and I used to do, help out them um, with some camera and lighting. Okay. And then um, 10 years later, roughly, but I feel like seven years later, um, Matt phoned me and said that him and his roommate wanted to make a short film, which was called With These Hands. They were going to direct and act as the leads. It's actually on YouTube if you go there. Right. So, um, And they asked me if I would DOP it, so if I'd do the camera and lighting, Um, and and that was Joe. um, Oh, okay. So I became mates with Matt and Joe. Uh, I knew Matt anyway, but then became really good mates with Joe. And then as I was making that, Ben, who's uh, owned a comic book company, he runs a publishing company and stuff, and he wanted to make a movie. Um, he said, look, why don't... Do you know anyone? Like, if you direct it and I write it, do you know anyone else? And I said, well, I'm actually working with two guys, Matt and Joe, at the moment. So I approached them. And we were kind of, we be, I was friends with Matt and around. I was becoming really good friends with Joe because we got a lot in common in terms of comics and films. Yeah. So it kind of was perfect timing. So we've kind of done that film, and We've done other. We've done another couple of projects since. And we kind of just set up this company where we just um, keep making stuff together. But oh. it was um, just... It was a great chance that um, through that, uh, you know, after Joe was already quite established as an actor, but then he got The Vampire Diaries after. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then Matt's obviously got Constantine. Yeah. So um, yes. it just, just happens. That it's, a, it's a nice accident that they're both in the genres and they're both becoming incredibly successful yes. because they're um, incredibly good at what they do.
0: Yeah. I mean I it's it's obviously going to get uh, slightly harder probably to get everybody together I imagine in the, in the future with uh
1: Yeah, well actually we did we did another film which uh, um, is called 500 Miles North which which we just finished editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um uh but that that's already that was after Joe had done the Vampire Diaries uh, um and it was just before we started filming the originals. Right. Um, and we're, we're making another film together at the end of the year, but they're, they're just producing that one because <laughs> of uh, their filming um, schedules. But I, uh, Matt might do actually, because I think he's got a different time scale. But yeah, I mean, um, we were all in Jamaica recently. We're all uh, um, we kind of, we started off working together, but we're all kind of bad and me, um, Matt and uh, Joe and, um, and another guy called Al. Um, we're all. Um, we're well, incredibly close. I, I think because of our work schedules, what happens is you don't get to have a lot of friends. Yeah, you end up being friends with the people you work with. Yeah. Um, so I think once you find people you like working with, you just carry on doing it. It's a lot easier.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Matt in Constantine because um, uh, that i I love that comic book. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the TV show comes out like. Yeah, I just watched the pilot when I was away, um, and it was um, brilliant. And Matt's,
1: um, Matt's got the same thing. They're just incredibly, um, uh, in, in terms of personality, incredibly attractive to watch. Yeah. Uh, they can do like the funny bit, and they can do the dark bit. Um, they're just very good at what they do. Uh, and um, Matt really, because, oh, I mean, Constantine is obviously, it's all down to the casting of Constantine, Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just it's very good. It's very different to the film because it's based on the comics and the film obviously was adapted um more and more to make a Hollywood movie. Yeah. But it comes across really well. So I am looking forward to watching the, the um TV show as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um I I think the first play, place I found that was um he's the voice of the the uh the character in The Last Assassin's Creed as well, isn't he? I think.
1: Yeah, weirdly, <laughs> um he got that um, he got that even after we did our new film, which is we've just been He got that. He did that afterwards, and he phoned me to say who's doing that. So when it came out, I obviously grabbed it. And weirdly enough, there's an actor called Kevin McNally. Yes, um, he's in he's in our next film as well. And strangely, he's in the computer game. Um, he's in Pirates of the Caribbean, but yes. he's in the computer game as well. So I'm it's right like to two actors in the next film we're in that computer game. <laughs> Dods, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, you uh, just slightly going back to the movie. Um, it was all shot in in the the one house. Is that an actual house somewhere?
1: Yeah, it's a house just outside Stratford. Apart from the, um, it was filmed on a farm. Okay. And we kind of changed the house to, to make it suit our needs. But the cellar isn't a cellar. That's a farmhouse. Right. Attached to the farm, okay. Because um, obviously, a lot of cellars are very small, and we needed the cellar to be quite big. And we need to put in a fake wall that he tunnels through. So we had to make a cellar in a studio, essentially, and make the fake wall and make the tunnel. Right. So, but apart from that, it's a real house, and we're still we haven't done it yet because uh, we're all too lazy. But we are going to send the house the DVD because there's a, a farm <laughs> that lives there now. Oh, right. Because um, we know the um, landlords, and so we said we'll just put it in an envelope. I can post them, no passage inside, just post them in the DVD. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's going to be quite, that's going to kind of be quite creepy for them, I guess. <laughs> so, so I hope there's no poor child in one of those bedrooms that I'm really freaking I mean, out. Yeah, it could go
1: horribly wrong. They could think it's like, uh, like that film, they Invited or something.
0: <laughs> but they think it's the start of a horror movie in itself, you know. So, was this your this was your first sort of major full length feature? This is the first thing I ever directed. Yeah, I'd done cinematography before and I'd worked for the BBC
1: for years as, a, as an assistant camera operator. When I was young, from 17, I started working the BBC. Yeah. And I'd worked in production houses as a camera operator and assistant editor. Um, I'd done lots of different jobs. Um, I, wa- I, I wanted to direct a movie, but I wanted to work in the camera department, then the editing department, the producing department as an AD. So I worked in a lot of different places. Um and then when I thought I was ready to direct a film I, I did um, But yeah, this was my i never even directed a short film really before I directed music videos But I I, um, I had a good team around me And it's kind of like a joint effort You know, there's like a I mean, the crew was like 35 people And then if you take in all the sales agents And different producers and distributors There's hundreds of people involved in getting it from An idea to being in a cinema Or being in a, a shop so how did you, how did you go about getting it funded? This was through of um, Benjamin Reed, uh, who owns, who's my business partner, but he he produced it and wrote it with me. He um, owns a publishing company, and he wanted to set up a film company. Right, he, and he wanted to do a feature to set up the film company. I mean, we do trailers for different organisations like the Royal Opera House got you um, uh, but he decided like let's just to have a bit of fun let's make a, a feature film to begin with and then we will kind of move into different departments I mean we're about to start doing a documentary with the BBC which is our first um, co-production with them so we've kind of ventured away but we thought as a first project let's just have a bit of fun and do something a bit horror because we're all big fans of the genre
0: <laughs> so um, you say the next movie is also started, starring uh uh, Joe, Joe, and Matt. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell me a bit about that one?
1: Yeah, that's a film uh, we the over a year ago. It's just finished editing, which is called Five Hundred Miles North. Which is about it's it's um, kind of a Wes Anderson-y kind of film, right? Um, it's a uh, a bit like Little Miss Sunshine as well. Okay, about, um, two brothers, estranged brothers, who haven't seen each other since they were teenagers, and they're thirty two, um, and, um, they, um, basically their father um, kills the, kills himself and, and, uh, they have to take his ashes on a 500 mile road trip, right. um, reenacting uh, a family holiday that they did when they were eight. Right. Um, uh, so they can get the, uh, um, the money from the will. Right. through that, he leaves them these, uh, letters and stuff. It's kind of like a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of quite sweet, and it's got Kevin McNally, who's in um, Parts of the Caribbean, yeah. and Sue Johnson, who's the oh, cool. mum in The Royal Family TV, yes, TV
0: show. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Um, and uh, a, a girl called Wendy Glenn, who's a great actress as well. It's a, it, it's a real kind of a 90-minute feel-good um, movie about fathers and sons and about your perception of things change as you get older. So your perception of... Um, I suppose your perception of your father at 18 is very different to the perception of your father at 30. Yeah. And so the film was kind of exploring that and how, um, things kind of, I always kind of saw things moralistically and, uh, very black and white when I was younger. Yeah. And as you get older, like I've just turned 30 and you realize that things are a bit more complicated than, um, you <laughs> kind of thought they were,
0: you know? Yeah. Um,
1: I do. Did you write that as well? yeah me and uh, me and Ben write it again. It's the same guys as the leads and um the only difference but in terms of writing was it it was my idea right this time and then the next film which I uh, just started writing with Ben that's his idea so he comes up with an idea then we write it and then I come up with an idea
0: for the next <laughs> one. that's kind of ideal you know so yeah i mean this is obviously the 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 second film's uh, a lot lighter than the first one, uh, yeah. I guess. So is, are you going, if if he's writing the third one, are you going kind of back towards dark? Yeah, then? the third one's fucking dark. <laughs> <laughs> the third
1: one's like, um, it's based on a play called The End of the World. Well, it's based on three plays. One's called The Adder, one's called The Staircase, and the other one's called The End of the World. Right. And we're calling it The Adder, The Staircase, The End of the World. Um, and it's uh, these plays that were written, and actually comedies, by a guy called Abercrombie, who was a part of the Dymock Poets with Robert Frost and Edward Thomas. Right, and um, the um, the plays were kind of they're very religious, but um, essentially we the nearest thing that to what I've seen is is crossing the Crucible with the Wicker Man. <laughs> right okay so it's um it's basically uh, a lot um the play takes around uh, about a village in the middle of nowhere that think the world's going to end okay uh, if it is ending or not you don't know but it's what they're willing to do to um uh save their souls from damnation so right. there's a lot of uh, um there's a lot of really dark stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of sacrificing, a lot of hellfire. But um, <laughs> we're really excited about um, doing that. But we're, we're only. I'm, I'm just doing this documentary with the BBC, which is with the company. And then after that, we're writing it to start shooting at the end of the year.
0: Okay. What's, what's, <laughs> the, uh, what's the documentary?
1: documentaries um my other big love is football um <laughs> and the documentary i'm doing is documentary on celtic football club uh with the bbc uh, uh, right okay which is about something from the sixties okay. so it's probably not the geeky film thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> no cool is, are you a celtics fan is that...
1: <laughs> yeah I, i'm a big fan of um i'm a big fan of just football in general my my um my uncle and my brother we all are and um i spend most of my if i'm not doing work and doing uh um, filming I've got, I've got three things i love which is i love filming i love poetry from edward thomas and edward thomas the different poets and i love football <laughs> and, uh, so they're all very i can kind of fit into any social situation because <laughs> yeah that. that's
0: that's that's quite a range. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it it means any dinner parties uh, you can kind of
0: meet someone that you can talk to about something well i've i, I always say i've i've been to um two football grounds in my life one for a football match um and I was there because it was a corporate thing with a client and and the other one was for somebody's funeral
1: um, <laughs>
0: I, and that was at West Bromwich Albion and I know there are some people that say the difference between the West Bromwich Albion game and a funeral there isn't much but uh, uh but uh, sorry Albion fans uh, but um but yeah, so those are the only two times I've ever been to a football grad. But um, I, I tend to, I tend to watch um, uh, like international games and that sort of thing. But I, I, I haven't got time to follow a club. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh so going back to the uh, movie, you were doing, you were doing very, pretty much like loads of different roles behind the camera because you were doing, you were doing cinematography as well and. Uh, yeah I got
1: asked about this earlier I think about, uh Cinematography is always what I've been Trained to do so um, I kind of Did it because it just seemed As an easy answer and second Nature uh, Directing was the, the big job um, so directing cinematography were my jobs, and there's lots. I mean, like because someone said I heard about producing, there was like seven people producing. Right. So as soon as we started filming, I didn't do any of the producing. I didn't have to worry about that. So it really was a collective of a lot of people's hard work. And in terms of editing, there was me and another guy called Mark Kendrick who was full time editor. Yeah. Um, And then we had another editor called Nat. He came in to clean stuff up. So we didn't have... um, It wasn't like I did, like, 20 jobs. Um, I did, like, different jobs at different stages.
0: Right, Uh, yeah.
1: So I didn't... There was never... At any one time, I only had to worry about the Two biggest jobs, which was directing and um, cinematography.
0: Oh, that's that, that's that's good. That's that's not quite as bad as it as it first seems when you look at yeah. it. <laughs> Were there any particular technical challenges you had um, shooting the uh, the film?
1: Uh, I think having um, filming in um, filming in one uh, house is hard because you've either got to replicate, because the house never changes, so you've got to replicate the every room, um, but then the film gets darker from the beginning, so the beginning you don't really know what's going on, so I had to kind of consciously look at the film to make, by the end of the film it's almost black and white, Right, yeah. Um, in terms of um, the colours. Yeah. So at the beginning of the film, and the flashbacks are in black and white with Edward. And the whole point is, is slowly he's getting to the same place as where this guy um, in the flashbacks is. Yeah. So that was technically quite hard to look at. Um, so you, you're trying to make the film um, move on and progress. Yeah. Um, while at the same time, it has to look the same. So um, uh, one of the things that I had was a, there's a book by Sean Tan, um, who's uh, he did a graphic novel, which is um, it's a wordless graphic novel called The Arrival, right And I based the whole look of the film on that because I, I loved the um, I loved what he did with right. the images and the color. So I literally looked at that then looked at the script and thought I'm going to use that as my color palette. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so that technically was probably the the hardest job or the biggest job
0: I had to do. Cool. okay um I've got we've got one final question which is is what we tend to always ask people which is um, we we do cover a lot of TV on the website um so is there a TV show that you're a huge fan of at the moment other than Doctor Who as we've already established uh, and uh, is there or is there a show that you'd love to have the opportunity to direct um,
1: if um, directing would be Doctor Who? <laughs> um, because I, I feel as a British guy, um, I just feel like it's it's great in so many ways. Um, in terms of the, uh, of the TV shows that I'm watching at the moment, I love. There's loads of stuff I, I watch. A lot of um, uh, if I ever go to the gym or anything, I just watch TV because um, right. it's, it's the only way I can do it. <laughs> so um, I love. There's a TV show called Ray Donovan, which is yes. drawn, um, which has got Eddie Marsden in it. He's British. Um, yes. And uh, that's really good. And there's my favourite actor, um, a couple of my favourite actors in the world. I like older actors because I find them a lot more interesting. And so I love Peter Capaldi doing that too. And I love a guy called David Bradley. Um, and he's, play, he's in a TV show called The Strain at the moment. Oh, yeah. Not seen that yet, but it's, it's due over here very soon. Yeah, he's the um, vampire because um, all of my friends live in the States, so I get stuff from them. Yeah. Uh, um, he's the vampire hunter. Called, I think he's called the Jew in it, and uh, it's based on a graphic novel that's written by is it um, Guillermo del Toro? Yes, yes, yeah. And he's um, he's an English actor who actually lives in Stratford, um, and he's in um, he's in Harry Potter and stuff like that. And he did um, there was a drama at Christmas about the making of Doctor Who, the original, the first ever Doctor Who. Yes, that, the Mark
0: Gattis one. That, that yeah, was very he good.
1: played Doctor Who in it. Um, oh right, yes, I know he's so He mean the lead in that, and he's he's the lead in the strain, um, and he's just brilliant because I love like, like watching a guy in his seventies kill vampires. <laughs> that's just cool. It's yeah. a lot better than watching a guy in the six pack do it.
0: Yeah, I, I no, I, it absolutely, goes. I'm really with you on that. That sounds fantastic. Now I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. We uh, I, I um it, it's due here the next couple of months. I think it starts airing here, so
1: it's really good. Yeah. So apart from that, I liked, um, I like stuff like house of cards, Some like Netflix stuff. Like house of cards is great. Um, I'd watch it. Yeah. If, I mean, there's so much good TV, like walking Dead's really good. Um, Break I've actually got um, I got given a breaking bad action figure the other day. <laughs> recent at uh, times. I like I said, I mean I'm a total geek, so I will have I've got my office is full of action figures. I've got a walking dead toy as well just over there. It's <laughs> just like my
0: my office is full of toys and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like my desk. <laughs> I have a have a four foot Batman that sits in my lounge and all <laughs> Oh that's pretty
1: cool. A, a friend of mine put on Twitter, who's another guy called um Mark Sizemore, who's a good writer. I um
0: uh, Sizemore, is he, did he do the, um, uh, uh, oh, um, what's it called? Sci fi thing with, um, yeah, he's a like, Yeah, he did the um. The, they did like a three-minute thing, four-minute thing. So, that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah I've, yeah, I've I've had a few Twitter interactions with him. It's absolutely superb. I don't know what's happening with it if it's ever actually going to happen. But. I don't know
1: either because that was really good and I've read the script and um. That guy's a dude, but he put on at Christmas. His girlfriend got him a life size Dalek, and I've never <laughs> been so with anything. And um. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's gutted
0: yeah yeah oh, well i think uh, on, on that note and given that it's 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 getting a few minutes to uh dr Uton, uh we should probably leave it um so yes. it's, it's been fantastic to talk to you um uh i hope everything goes well with the uh the next movie um and i really loved uh this one it's it's available um on um download at the moment isn't it and then yeah, uh, it's,
1: I think it's on, uh, ironically, Britain's the last country it's come out with. I've, it's out Monday on DVD and DVD stores and supermarkets, but it's a bank holiday, so I don't know if anyone <laughs> will actually have it in. But, right, um, okay. uh, yeah, so I, I, I refer to it as Warhouse, but it's called The Captive in the UK. Yeah, okay,
0: cool. All right, um, great to talk to you. Um, hope everything goes brilliantly, and uh, speak again when your next movie comes out. Cheers mate, enjoy Dr. Here. I will. Cheers and you. Bye. Bye.